0: Om Shri Sai Ram offering most humble pranams at the divine lotus feet of our ever present lord invoking bhagwan's benediction for today's session dear listeners my loving sai ram to all of you om sahana vavatu sahana bhunaktu sahviryam karavavahai tejasvinavadhitamastu ma OM um, SHANTI SHANTI SHANTIHI HARIYOM um, TATSAT SHRI SAYISHVARARPA NAMASTU SARVA VEDAANTA SIDDHAANTA GOCHARAM TAMA GOCHARAM GOVINDAM PARAMANANDAM SADGURAM PRANATO SMYAHAM In our study of Viveka Chudamani, we are studying the nature of bondage and in this context we saw the two powers of Maya, the Avarana Shakti and Vikshepa Shakti and their effects in detail last week. Today we shall start with verse number 145. So the verse goes like this. Bhijam samsratibhu jasya tu dehatma Raga fallavam bukar matubapuhu, Skandho savashaki Agrani driyasam hatishja Pushpani dukham palam, Nana bhavam bahuvidham, Bhopta kagaha. So it is a long verse with bondage in action is explained in exquisite poetry by Acharya Shankara. When we see this verse, we can clearly see that the language of Acharya Shankara is described as Prasanna Gambhira. Prasanna means delightful language, Gambhira means, yet it is very profound and it conveys very deep meaning in a beautiful poetic way. Here, samsara is likened to a mighty tree. So, the tree of samsara and its various components are explained by Acharya Shankara. See, the word samsara itself arises from the root sri. The word here used is samsrati. Sri means to slip. When we slip away from our true nature... What happens is, we keep falling again and again and that is how we go through this cycle of birth and death. Samyak sarati iti samsaraha, that which keeps on moving very well from birth to death, that is known as samsara. Here, the author says, bijam samsrati bhumijas yatu tamu. Tamu means ignorance. Ignorance is what? It is the bijam. It is the seed for the tree of samsara. And what arises from this seed, he says, Dehatma Dirankuro. It means the body identification is the sprout that comes from this seed. Ragaha Pallavam, the tender leaves of the sprout of the sapling or Rāgaha, Rāgaha here means desire which gives rise to Rāga and Vesha, like, dislike, attachment, aversion. That is the meaning of Rāga here. And then karma, and this sapling, the sprout is watered by what? By our own karma, the actions that we perform. Then Vapuhuskandho, the trunk of the tree is our own body. Asavaha shakhikaha. Asavaha means pranas, the pancha pranas, the five pranas, the vital airs in us or the branches arising from the trunk of this tree. Then agraanindriya samhatischa. The sense organs in us, the five senses of knowledge and the five senses of action. They are the twigs on the branches of this tree. Tree. Then, Vishayaha Pushpani. What are the flowers that are present on this tree? They are nothing but Vishayaha, sense objects. And what is the fruit of this tree? Dukham, phalam, nana, karma, samudbhavam, bahuvidham. Sorrow is the fruit that comes from varieties of actions that we perform. So, the ultimate product, the fruit of the tree is only sorrow and bhokta atra jivaha kagaha. And the individual jiva is the bird that is perched on this tree. So this is the beautiful metaphor that is given by Acharya Shankara explaining the mighty tree of samsara. So the picture of the tree of life or the tree of samsara is beautifully explained by the author in this verse. So we can all make out that the seed for this tree of samsara is tamas. Tamas here means avidya. What is avidya? Maya expressing through one body-mind-intellect, one equipment, along with vasanas in the causal body. That is called avidya or ignorance. And what does it lead to? It leads to non-apprehension of reality, non-apprehension of our own true self. And in this context, how to arrest the growth of this tree or the birth of the tree itself? We can all remember what Bhagwan has said in Sutra Vahini: When the seed is roasted, In the fire of jnana, fire of self-knowledge, then what happens is this seed will not germinate and this is how we can prevent the birth of this tree of samsara from this seed of ignorance. And then Acharya Shankara says the ankura, the sprout that comes from this seed is Dehatma Bhava, our identification with the body, our attachment to this body, thinking this non-self to be our true self. So the sprout is nothing but the intellectual conception and strong conviction that this body is our true self and this of course is the first expression of avidya in us and The first couple of tender leaves from the sprouts are desires. See, as long as we do not recognize the self in us, then we consider ourselves to be the body. And when we think that I am this body, then naturally, we are anxious to preserve this body, nurture this body, nourish this body and that is when we say, I want this, I want that from the world and all these desires arise in us and we all know that these desires are expressed in two ways, likes and dislikes. These are the couple of leaves in the sprout, ragaha pallavam. See, We go after something that we like and we want to get rid of something that we don't like. This is how there are dislikes and dislikes leading to attachment and aversion, raga and dvesha in us. So the growth of the tree can be arrested even at this level by destroying the sprout or by neglecting to water this sprout. That is what? We need to do. So we should not come under the sway of likes and dislikes. The best way to do is to have acceptance in our life. Accept everything that comes to us as the prasadam of the Lord so that we do not insist upon the outcome of our actions. That is what we need to do. And then the author says, Ambuk. Karma it means the water that is used to nourish this sprout is karma, that is our actions. So, the water is the egocentric activity that is undertaken by us in order to fulfill the desires of the body and the mind. And even at this stage, the growth of the tree can be prevented by stopping the supply of water it means we cannot stop our karma we cannot stop acting but when we know how to act that helps us to arrest the growth of this tree so instead of acting out of ego and ego-centric desires when we develop this Samarpanabhava, bhava, when we develop the spirit of dedication of whatever we do to the Lord, for the sake of the Lord, to please the Lord, or for the sake of a higher goal with selflessness and egolessness, then what happens? This tree will soon be destroyed. So in this context, we can all recollect, what we have studied about the types of karma. As we know, there are six types of karma. nitya karma, Naimittika karma, Kamyakarma, Nishiddha karma, Prayaschitta karma and Upasana karma. Nitya karma, our daily duties. Naimittika karma, duties on certain occasions, which together are known as the Niyata karma or our obligatory duties. And in, with reference to obligatory duties, there is no choice for us, we have to perform them. Then the third one is Kamya Karma or Sakama Karma, desire prompted action. It is this desire prompted action which serves as the water for this sprout to nourish this sprout of Raga and Dvesha. That is why it is important for us to transform. This sakama karma into nishkama karma by performing dedicated activity as karma yoga as it is said in the Bhagavad Gita in the spirit of yajna bhavana all our actions have to be undertaken and this will ultimately destroy the vasanas the seeds in us and this is how we have to transform sakama karma. And then we should refrain from performing nishiddha karma or prohibitory action. And by error of uh, omission or commission, if we perform such a prohibitory action or nishiddha karma, it is important for us to perform prayashchitta karma or atonement action. We have to sincerely repent for all that we have done, and also resolve not to repeat again and beg forgiveness from the Lord this is what we need to do and the last type of karma as we all know is the upasana karma this refers to all the sadhana practices that we do to please the Lord like singing the glory of the Lord in the form of bhajana kirtana chanting the name of the Lord japa namasmarana and tapa austere way of living and pining for the Lord And the satsangs that we attend, the swadhyaya that we undertake, dhyana that we undertake, all these come under upasana karma. And it is necessary for us to increase our upasana karma. And this is how we arrest the growth of this tree of samsara at this stage of nourishing the sapling. And then the next step is vapuhu skandaha it means the trunk of the tree is our own body so if activity is undertaken motivated by desires then what happens is the tree grows stronger and stronger and becomes a very strong trunk and this is the gross body in each of us so at this stage the most important thing that we can all do is instead of using this body to fulfill our desires or to undertake desire prompted actions or to act out of ego and ego centric desires, we can use this very body as an equipment of sadhana, as an equipment of seva that is why it is said paropakaratham idam shariram this body is given to you for the very purpose of undertaking seva and to work for the welfare of others and this is how we can arrest the growth at this stage and then there are these branches which are nothing but the five pranas prana apana samana vyana budana in us and these pranas are responsible for all the physiological functions in the body to maintain the body, that is the trunk of the tree. And here also we can own practice, as Swami says, pranayama, that is, when we focus our awareness on the incoming and the outgoing prana or outgrowing breath, then what happens is the inner chatter in the mind reduces. The number of thoughts in the mind reduces and the mind becomes single pointed and focused. And this is how we can make use of our prana shakti for our own spiritual evolution. And then the twigs are nothing but our sense organs. And these sense organs are of two types. As we know, the five jnanendriyas, the five senses of knowledge or perception or cognition. Then the Pancha Karmindriyas, the five organs of action. They are so named because of their specific function of reception of stimuli and responses in the world outside, respectively. And here also, we can all make out that we can make use of these Indriyas, the Dashendriyas, for our spiritual evolution. We can use our eyes to see the beautiful form of the Lord, to have the darshan of the Lord, and ears to listen to the glories of the Lord, the tongue to chant the name of the Lord, the glory, sing the glory of the Lord, and also we can use our hands to perform every work as God's work. And this is how we can make use of our Indriyas themselves for our spiritual growth, and thus we can arrest the growth of the tree of Samsara even at this stage. Then there is this Vishayaha Pushpani, the flowers on this tree are the sense objects. Just as a beautiful flower attracts us, these sense objects have the tendency to attract us and each sense organ has its own sense objects and all these sense objects can be classified under forms and colors, the smell, sounds, tastes and touches and this classification depends upon the organ of perception and here also instead of getting attracted to various sundry sense objects which give us only brittle satisfaction and fleeting happiness we can replace all this with the form of the Lord and the name of the Lord and we can focus our attention on higher purpose in our life. And this is how we can halt the progress of this tree of samsara at this stage. And then it is the Dukkham Palam. This is the final fruit of the tree which is nothing but sorrow or Dukkha. See, when an individual is attracted by any sense object, then what happens is the desire to possess that object arises in him and then he hungers to enjoy that object and he acts through his organ of action and all these actions will naturally produce result and the doer demands the fruit of action or the results of action and here it is said the fruits which are born out of these actions will ultimately lead only to sorrow. Acharya Shankara doesn't say that they give you happiness here. It means every object though it may appear to give us pleasure or joy in the beginning ultimately it will lead only to sorrow. That is why this world itself is called as Anityam Asukam Lokam, a world that is impermanent and a world that is full of sorrow. And the Bhagavad Gita says, Ashashvatam Dukhalayam, an impermanent abode of sorrow. That is what this world is. Because every pleasure ultimately is associated with emptiness, dissatisfaction, insecurity and the fear of losing it and this will all lead ultimately only to Dukkha and that is why the Buddha rightly said, every pleasure is pain in disguise and that is why the fruit of this tree of Samsara is only sorrow and the individual jiva we are all like the bird perched on this tree going through this experience of sorrow. Both the Atra Jivaha, the one who experiences this sorrow, is the jiva, and that is what our condition is. See, we should also remember that the fruit of this tree always bears seeds, and these seeds are nothing but the vasanas which become the source of further action in us and that is how the tree of samsara continues endlessly and the enjoyer of the fruits is the jiva. And what happens is, just as the bird flits about from one branch to another in order to enjoy, in order to taste the various fruits, in that fruit-bearing tree and when it doesn't get satisfied with one particular tree, it even jumps to another tree and this is how Jiva too flits about from birth to birth, from body to body in order to suffer or enjoy the consequences of his own actions and which is nothing but Dukkha phala, which is the fruit of action in the form of sorrow and this is how the tree of samsara continues see in this context of arresting the growth of this tree or cutting the tree at its inception itself we can also recollect that When we start entertaining likes and dislikes, when the two tender leaves grow in the sprout or the sapling from this Dehatma Bhava, then if we are able to bring in Bhakti in our heart, in the place of desire, we can arrest the growth of the sapling at this stage itself. What is the nature of desire? I want the world. And replace it with bhakti. What is the nature of bhakti? I want God. So, when rakti for the world is replaced with anurakti for God, then what happens is this raga and vesha, likes and dislikes, attachment and aversion, they lose their relevance and we are acting only out of devotion to God and also in the spirit of dedication. To the lord or worship of the lord so instead of falling in love with the world we rise in our love to god and this is how also bhakti acts as a very powerful tool for a seeker for a devotee to deal with this tree of samsara so to summarize this verse we can say that the ego is the bird which enjoys the fruits of action born out of different activities performed under different urges in us. And these fruits are born out of flowers. The flowers are the sense objects. The flowers are born out of twigs, which are the sense organs. The twigs belong to the branches, which are the pranas, the physiological functions in us. And these, in turn, take place in the trunk, the body. And the body has grown because it has been steadily watered by karma. So in the beginning, there were only two tender leaves, the desires leading to likes and dislikes, attachment and aversion. And these leaves, tender leaves, came from the sprout, which is the idea that I am this body. And this idea itself, that the Hatma Bhava, has come from Seed of ignorance which is non-apprehension of the true self in us which is caused by tamas or ignorance. That is the summary of this verse. And continuing on the same line in verse number 146, the author says, Adnana Mulo Yanatma Bandhu Naisar Gikona Dirananta Giritaha Janma Pyavyadija Duka Pravahapatam Jana Yatya Mushya So he says the bondage is caused by Adnana ignorance of the self. So this bondage which is caused by non self That comes from ignorance and what is its nature? Naisargika. It is self-caused. It means it doesn't depend upon any external object. It is there in us from our birth. In fact, this body itself is the product of ignorance, isn't it? So it is Naisargika, the bondage. Then it is described as Iritaha, means it is described as Anadirananta. Without the one, without beginning, the one without end, beginningless and endless. anadi and ananta. This ignorance is anadi because the concept of time itself starts with māya. So before māya, all that exists is only nirguna, nirākāra, brahman, the unchanging supreme reality. And the concept of desha, kāla, vastu. Place, time and causation or object starts with maya. So, we cannot say from when this igna, we have been having this ignorance. There is no beginning for this ignorance because the concept of time itself comes only with maya. So, the moment time is transcended, the moment maya is transcended, the samsara also ends. So the beginning and end are meaningful only in the medium of time. And it is also said it is Ananta, that means the one without end. So we should not go away with the perception that it is not possible to end the ignorance. There is no end for this ignorance. No, that is not the point that is made here. See the point that is made here is... Individual bondage ends when right knowledge is brought into the mind of that individual. That means when one person bondage ends, one person ignorance ends, it doesn't mean that the ignorance of the entire universe comes to an end. No, there are so many Jivas in this creation who continue to have ignorance and who continue to be bound by this ignorance to samsara so one person's liberation will not result in the ending of this bondage that is why it is said the bondage continues the bondage is ananta and another meaning of calling this bondage ananta or endless is it is only an atisha atisha means exaggeration See, when we exaggerate saying that, oh, this ignorance is endless, it is so terrible, we do not know how to put an end to it, then what happens is, it instills certain sense of seriousness in us about the bondage and the seriousness with which we have to strive to overcome this bondage. So to put that notion into us, the Yogti Ananta, is used here. As a result of this, what happens is, the next line says, it subjects a person to pravahapatam, endless flood of miseries. What are the miseries? Janma, apyaya, vyadi, jaradi, tukha, the endless flood of miseries of birth, death, disease and senility. It is only when a person is under the bondage caused by ignorance then the sorrows of samsara like endless flood they will affect him so the sorrows of samsara they arise out of identification with anatman, the non-self and naturally they manifest as the agonies of birth the pains of growth the discomforts of decay, the fears of old age and the pangs of disease and also the fear and tragedy of death itself. So he comes under this endless persecution of all these sorrows because of the bondage that is caused by ignorance. That is the point that is made here in this verse. This is it for the day. Now I will conclude with Shanti Mantra om um, purnamadah purnamidam purnat purnamudachyati purnasya purnamadaya purnameva avashishyate om um, shanti 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 hari hi shri saishwara arpanamastu my sincere thanks to Bhagwan, and I'm thankful to Sri Satya Sai Media Center and every one of you. Jay Sai